there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Zookeeper Tom, and joining me as ever is Zookeeper Josh. Bonjourno. Hey there, Zookeeper Josh. How's hey it going? Great. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. Very well. I've had a good morning, I feel, um, tending to Park Rushmore, uh, Britain's yes. greatest, newest zoo for 2020. Uh, it's so good that it's allowed to open despite lockdown. You don't have to wear a mask. You don't have to social distance. It's such an outstanding zoo that not only are we able to offer incredible animal attractions and various other fun to be had, but everyone also gets a shot of the COVID vaccine upon arrival. That's our promise to you, the guests at Park Rushmore. Uh, at least it would be if it was real. Unfortunately, it's confined to the walls of Zoo Tycoon for Xbox One. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we come to you uh, just as uh, just as we finished a live stream of Zoo Tycoon for Xbox One. Josh, how did you find it? Was was that not the best Saturday morning you've had in a long, long time? Was it the? It was. I wouldn't say it was the best, but it was quite enjoyable. I uh, I, I I enjoyed it more than I anticipated. Uh, when you oh said, really? Yeah. When you when I was still laying in bed. Um, and I got a text from you saying, hey, do you want to stream some Zoo Tycoon co-op before doing the podcast? I was like, no, Tom, screw you. Uh, I don't even have it downloaded. I deleted it so that I could say that and then re-downloaded it again. So it takes some time. No, I didn't really. That's a joke. Uh, I didn't have it installed. Uh, but yeah, it was it was better than I was anticipating. Um, the, the thing I have with Zoo games is that there's a lot, I guess it doesn't, not necessarily in we're in sandbox but there's a lot going on in theme park games generally anyway but i think zoo games there's just that extra level of stuff going on um because well got, you have you to know, you have to worry about the animal's welfare which is not something you really have to think about when it's uh, a roller coaster i mean obviously it can break no, exactly. down but it's not going to die or get hungry no. you know or need a wash because yeah. these you... blimmin grizzly bears they need constant attention it, it turns out yeah, you have to manage that, and, and you have to still manage the, the guests. So it's not like you have one or the other. Um, so yeah, there's just mm. a little bit more going on than the theme park game. It's just a, maybe a little bit too much for my liking. But I think Zoo Tycoon being a console game, um, being a launch game, and being predominantly for um, maybe a younger uh, audience uh, means that it's a lot more manageable. Certainly when you're playing in sandbox, like, yeah. you don't have to worry about any of it. No, not really. Uh, you, you kind of have free reign to just build the zoo and uh, and enjoy the kind of creative side of things. And it's all right. There are limitations to it. As you say, it's mainly designed for kids, so they don't want to make it too complex. Although, you know, there are clearly concepts in there that kids are not going to understand. Like, hey, do you want to start a TV advertising campaign? <laughs> uh, I can't imagine many kids are going to go sort of you know, find themselves buried deep in those menus, uh, choosing how much money to spend on a viral campaign to advertise their zoo. But um, they'll probably enjoy just running around, playing with the animals and doing races in their themed buggies, which is a feature that I did not expect. But if you didn't tune into the stream this morning as of recording, then, you know, one, I think you need to have a long, hard think about what you're doing with your Saturdays, frankly, because yeah. I can't think of anything that would have been uh, a better use of time than tuning into our stream, but uh, nice. you can nice put it right because the st the stream will be on demand 
uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash parkrush for, is it two weeks? Um, seven we'll also, days. Is it seven days? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, if you want to watch it on Twitch, you've got to get in quick, but otherwise you can go find it on YouTube. It will live there forever. <laughs> uh, which uh, for historians to pour over in the decades to come. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we've we obviously been, you know, streaming theme park video games over the course of, uh, you know, the various lockdowns that we've had this year. Still in the midst of lockdown two, electric boogaloo here. So, um, yeah, we may well end up streaming some more, uh, well, theme park video games, certainly, but even some more theme park adjacent video games is kind of how I like to consider something like Zoo Tycoon anyway. So um, this is as far as we'll go in terms of talking about it on the podcast, but we may play some more similar games on stream. Uh, Planet Zoo was mentioned, Josh. Uh, you have that one, right? I do, yeah. Um, it's, it feels it's a lot... A lot more going on, I felt like, um, than uh, Zoo Tycoon on the Xbox. Yes, that's not a surprise. But same developer, no. Frontier. Frontier, yeah. And um, who also did Planet Coaster? Yes, they've done a lot of the games we've played as part of our theme park video game review series. Some really good, RCT Three, Planet Coaster. Some really bad, such as Scream Ride and Disneyland Adventures. They were the original de- developer of that. So yeah. But I guess with Zoo Tycoon, part of the thing, part of the interest for me was seeing how a some that was Zoo Tycoon is kind of the most traditional management game that they'd made for Xbox up until that point. You know, yeah. Scream Ride, Disneyland Adventures, they were theme park games, but they not in the traditional sense. Zoo Tycoon was a little bit closer to that original concept, uh, and I, so I was curious to see how they kind of mapped all that stuff to a controller. Uh, and how it will end up informing Jurassic World Evolution, which we will be playing as part of our theme park video game review series, and that's also Frontier. And I, at least, will be playing it on Xbox. You're going to play it on PC, I believe. Uh, yeah, I sure will. Um, you've also got uh, Planet Coaster to play on uh, Xbox as well. Let's see what that's like. It's true. It's true. That's now on Xbox. It's on Game Pass. So, yeah, I'll be playing some of that, see how that holds up on console. Uh, in an ideal world, you know, I'll wait and maybe see if I can play it on a, one of the new consoles because it sounds like, certainly in sort of sandbox mode, uh, the game does benefit a lot from the uh, extra horsepower. But we'll see. There are a few more games to play before we get to that one. We've got, I think the next on the list, having, we did Parkitect last week, of course. Uh, I think next on the list is Rollercoaster Tycoon Adventures for the Switch. Great. Um, and then it's Jurassic World. And then it would be Planet Coaster Console Edition. So we'll see how we get on. Yes. But um, yeah, that's uh, that was a good use of a Saturday morning overall. I feel playing Zoo Tycoon on stream with you, Josh. Uh, uh, yeah, excellent. sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> I can't think of a better alarm to get me out of bed on a Saturday than the text saying, "All right, you want to stream some Zoo Tycoon?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. After. Oh. After more Formula a late night playing Formula One again last night. So it's, uh, yes. Why'd you do uh, this to yourself? It, it strikes me as you nor anyone who you played that game with particularly enjoys it. Uh, no, I, I think the group enjoys it. Destroys it. It's, friendships. It does destroy friendships. That is true. Uh, and it's me- it's a mega frustrating. The game crashed like lost connection for me twice last night. Um, and in that process, it the uh, my like the AI takes over your driving and the AI crashed twice 
and then decided to pit both times to replace the front wing. So I was last and lapped. So the whole race was wasted for me because the game lost connection. Well, that's what you get for liking F1. Yeah, you're probably right. Frankly. Yeah. Unless. Uh, well, that, that, that'll do for video game chat, I think, for this week anyway. Uh, because we've got some actual theme park news to talk about this week, Josh. Incredible scenes. Uh, we, we may be sort of, you know, uh, the UK. Uh, we, we are... Uh, we are the UK. We are the UK and we have no theme parks right now because and won't until next year now, of course, because we've been shut. They've all been shut for lockdown, and uh, by the time we're out of lockdown, we'll be well out of of season for theme parks. But over in the US, things are starting to um, look up for parks that have been limiting in a slightly different capacity since earlier in the year, or parks that have still not opened. Uh, but some some good signs for both Disney World and Disneyland. Um, as we will get to. But I thought we'd start, Josh, with some just good old-fashioned, hey, here are some new rides chat. Yeah. Uh, SeaWorld and uh, Bush Gardens have put out uh, POV videos, uh, the first in both uh, respects in, in, in some ways, for Icebreaker, uh, new roller coaster, and for Iron Guazi as well. Uh, with Icebreaker, it's the first POV video of any description that we've had. It is a render but it is the first POV video we've had. And for Iron Guazi, it's the first actual, this is the ride, somebody is on it here, POV video. So uh, I get, we'll, we'll start with Icebreaker, as it's, uh, it's the very first look we've had at this. Uh, it's due to open in the spring of next year. It was meant to open this year. Obviously, was delayed because of uh, coronavirus. Uh, this thing I've heard so much about. Uh, now, Josh, I know it's a render, but I've got to point out initially. Obviously, this is meant to be opening in Orlando, and this video seems to suggest that there will be that it will be snowing. So I don't quite know <laughs> what's going on yeah, there. I, who knows? Um, madness has uh, overtaken the land. Uh, maybe they're just going to get an absolutely massive snow machine. Maybe uh, run it twenty four seven. Who knows? Yeah, or just you know, maybe this POV is. Uh, uh, taken from the perspective of Boris Johnson, and it's just dandruff, just oh, everywhere. Oh, wow. Just coating the park. Uh, or maybe, Josh, you know, as as our great outgoing leader, uh, the US president keeps telling us, maybe this is just yet more proof that global warming is actually a total hoax, Josh. I mean, it's snowing in Florida, according to this video. It's going to be snowing yes. in Florida in, in, in the spring of next year. So how yeah, can, maybe the, we've actually how can got the earth be warmer? Global cooling. And we've, uh, we've yes. had our thermometers upside down this whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? I reckon if you pitched that as a theory to him, he'd he'd nod and be like, "That's interesting. I'm going to look yeah. into this." Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this is a a a, a multi launch coaster, but some of the launches send you backwards. Is kind of the the pitch for this, I suppose. That's what kind of makes it stand out next to some of the other parks in central florida uh yes it's it's a fairly straightforward track design otherwise really it looks like you'll get some really good airtime and some impressive banks uh but yeah it's, it's not taking you upside down it's it's not the longest track in the world but it is just going to be this kind of i mean I, I still get a kick out of going backwards on something like the mummy at universal and that's for a fairly yeah. short period of time and not a you know not a great speed so the thought of going backwards for an extended period of time at great speed 
uh, albeit not in the dark anymore, but still, uh, I mean, I might be closing my eyes, so maybe maybe I will be in the dark. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it looks kind of uh, thrilling and unpleasant in equal measure, which I think actually is quite a nice balance to strike for a roller coaster. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, so the you even go backwards into a beyond vertical drop. So you like roll backwards into that beyond vertical drop, which is kind of kind of mad. Um, mm. I I I love. I, I've always been interested in rides that do something a little bit different, a little bit interesting. You know, thirteen at Alton Towers has the vertical drop on a roller coaster, which obviously now you have at uh, Hogwarts, Hagrid's uh, bicycle motorbike thing <laughs> with the animals and the monsters ride. <laughs> Uh, official title uh yeah uh, uh <laughs> and you'll obviously yeah you've got uh the mummy that goes backwards uh and um everest that goes backwards as well oh yes um, yeah the, the backwards section on everest is really good yeah um so things like that are really really cool um spinning coasters are, i find pretty cool as well so yes yeah, it, to have uh this sort of backwards launch kind of thing going on is really kind of cool um, i'm i'm proper into it yeah uh it will take you go at 52 miles an hour top speed which is pretty decent i mean it's nothing to write home about there are plenty of quicker coasters about in florida but uh, it's, it's no slouch uh, top um height of 93 feet again nothing particularly to write home about but i think the speed at which you reach that height is going to be uh what uh, what, what adds to the thrill factor uh, and in terms of total track length you're looking at 1900 feet uh, so I mean to me I think actually what this is what is this is showcasing to me is that SeaWorld is actually becoming a pretty good park for uh, maybe that demographic of kids who are, are kind of feeling like okay I've had my f not had my fill I mean something like Space Mountain continues to be a good time you know even for people like us after all these years but they they feel like space mountain uh big thunder uh, you know even something like hagrid they, the mummy they've kind of had their fill to an extent of that level of thrill they're ready for a step up but maybe aren't feeling ready to take on something like shikra or or hulk you know and, mm. and SeaWorld now has, has some nice coasters in that kind of middle ground area uh, you know, Mako, I would put in that in that camp. This, I think, you know, given the fact that it doesn't go upside down, given the fact that it's not the longest coaster in the world, I think falls into that camp too, where it's quite a nice uh, way to bridge that gap between some of those aforementioned coasters and 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 the really big boys, you know, like uh, a lot of the ones you see at Busch Gardens and you know Hulk as well, uh, Islands of Adventure, and, and the the upcoming Velocicoaster will probably be one of the kind of more extreme ones too. Um, I mean, you've got you've got nieces and nephews, Josh. You're like an old man at this point. Well, uh, okay, less of that, less of that old man nonsense. Uh, how's your back? How's your back? You're sitting up. You've got good posture at your desk this morning. We don't want to, we don't want to get any cricks in your back from all this podcasting. Uh, I need a new chair, if I'm honest. Have you had your, but, uh, all your pills and tablets this morning? Well, hang on, hold up. Uh, I, I had uh, I had uh, some fresh bread from the uh, freshly baked bread, uh, not from the house, from a shop. But uh, that was my my breakfast slash lunch. By the time I woke up, uh, that's, well, that's all I've had. I mean, once you reach 
once you reach a certain age, it's exclusively bran flakes and prunes for breakfast, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, so. the, the bread was so crusty. Um, there's a certain age where you can't even eat it because uh, you, you wouldn't be able to bite through it. Yeah. Well, we'll all be dead before we reach that age, I would imagine. <laughs> anyway, yeah, here's me bringing you the... <laughs> Bringing you all the positive. How do we get? How do we get here? Uh, how did we get here? Oh, I was going to ask you, as someone with a niece and nephew, about that point I was kind of making about, you know, the age at which kids feel comfortable sort of graduating uh, when it comes to coasters. Because obviously you've been with them to Florida. Uh, it was a couple of years ago at this point, right? So what kind of coasters were they yeah. comfortable with then, and how old were they at that point? And when would you expect them, for example, to be comfortable to kind of move up the theme park food chain in terms of coasters because for me i i was relatively late uh um working up the bravery to go on the bigger coasters and and it was actually shikra i decided i was probably about 13 uh shikra was was the one that i did first of the big boy coasters because my approach was well we'll get that one out of the way and then the rest will be a breeze right and it kind of was so that was kind of my approach but what about, um, what about these kids in your life, Josh? Yeah, well, I, I, I was pretty good, and then I had a bit of a wobble. Um, uh, what, that's 2000. So I, I went on basically everything I could when we went in 98, so I would have been five. Um, mm. But I was fairly tall for my age, so I, I could go on quite a lot. Like surprisingly, oh, amount, a surprising amount of stuff. I was, I was five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> Aged five. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, like Terra Terra and things like that. I remember going on. Well, I don't remember, but they're, they're uh, it's known to me that I went on them. Uh, then I had a bit of a wobble around. T- what, you I had a bit of a eight. wobble when you when you break when you break your phone on. Uh, yeah, on um, oh damn, what's it called? Hyperspace Mountain. Hyperspace Mountain. No, uh, in two thousand one, I had a bit of a wobble and kind of bottled going what? on a lot of stuff. So there what? Was, it, what caused the wobble? If you, if it's not too difficult for you to talk about, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, uh, I, I had a moment with heights. I think uh, was an issue. You're just walking. You're just walking around at all times, terrified because of how tall you were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You I had a bit of a moment walking around on your knees, <laughs> <laughs> crawling around. It's too high. Uh, but I came back strong, uh, and now uh, yeah, nothing is off the cards, off the table. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my nephew was mm, ten when we went. He went on everything that he could, uh, which was everything. Uh, my niece, who is a couple of years younger than that, uh, did not go on everything. So didn't go on uh, Hulk, for example, or Rock and Roller Coaster. Right. Uh, yeah. But then neither did my sister-in-law. So. Uh, it's, cool. Uh, yeah. So, for for someone like her, then, do you think uh, some of these rides that are at SeaWorld now would be a would be a nice middle ground between some of the coasters that she has done and some of the ones that she was she found overwhelming last time? Yeah. Like if I, this so... had been, if this had been open back then, do you think it would have been something that she would have found more appealing than Hulk, for example? Yeah. So we didn't go to SeaWorlds, but uh... no. Or, or Bush, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, this and um, Manta would have been 
um, oh. on the cards for her. Um, but then obviously like uh, Kraken uh, and um, Meiku maybe not. It's sort of Meiku probably it just kind of depends because it's obviously that's quite high. Um, I think Mako is less intense than Manta, so maybe flip those two to be fair. But oh, yeah, man. there's something about Manta. the flying in like the flying f- uh, in Manta that uh, gets people. I don't know. It's just an incredible sensation. I I love it so much. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, that's Icebreaker, I guess, and it's opening next spring. Also opening next spring, Iron Guazi, which would most certainly have been open by now. I remember earlier in the year when I was planning to go to Florida, and uh, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if Iron Guazi will be open in time. I think it's going to be pretty touch and go, but we might get lucky. Uh, so by the time it actually does open in the spring of 2021, I think it will have been all but ready to open for about a year. Um, but they've put out the first you know, official point of view video, and this one does look intense. This one looks a lot more intense, I would suggest, than Icebreaker. Uh, it's yes. the fastest and steepest hybrid coaster in the world. It's 206 feet tall, which I think makes it the tallest coaster at Busch Gardens now by like a couple of feet over Sheikra, which is kind of crazy to, to think because Sheikra is very high. <laughs> yeah, Sheikra uh, is just shy or it's around 200 footies but but yeah 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 um it's 4075 feet of track total so it's more than double the length of icebreaker uh, it's got a 91 degree drop and a top speed of 76 miles per hour um it's crazy it's really so those stats are very very eye catching indeed and I, you know i was a big fan of the original guazi even though it felt like i was uh, a step closer to death every time I rode it towards the end. Uh, this one will be a much smoother operation because the the track is is steel this time. And and the, the, you were talking before, you know, the the contrast between the wood and the iron, uh, the steel is very very striking in this case. Yes, uh, yeah, helped by the fact so. that it's, you know, the steel is a very vivid purple color. Uh, yeah, you got the purple you... of the track and then the like silver of the uh, steel underneath that, and then the Kind of bright wood underneath that. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a like I a mean, dark wood beforehand, if I remember correctly. Or I guess it was aged yes. quite a lot. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it doesn't look like this one's going to give you as much sort of airtime as Icebreaker, but in terms of just you know, I think for pure speed and intensity, uh, I mean, this this looks like it's going to be absolute, just an absolute monster. Uh, oh, yeah. Would this be? Um, would the, I mean, your fam, right? Uh, planning a trip back to Florida? Is it twenty twenty? Remind me, twenty twenty four? Twenty twenty two? Two? Twenty twenty two? That doesn't sound. Twenty two. It does. Doesn't sound like a real year. <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty twenty two. That could be a get. That could be a thing. Yeah, not long ago that would have been a thing. Yeah. Uh, would you, if you go on that trip, I know you're not certain about going on that trip yet. Would you be tempted at all to try and force a trip to Bush Gardens to do Iron Guazi, given your fondness for a uh, thrilling roller coaster, given how many yeah, records this thing is setting? I really would like. To, I do like the rides at Bush Gardens. Um, obviously, it's a, it is a trek from uh, Central Orlando, 
Uh, yeah. And it's, it's getting the family on board, certainly with, because uh, obviously I, I've, in that fa- side of the family, there are three kids and the youngest one is still quite young. Um, like, mm. for example, couldn't basically go on anything last time we went. Uh, so it, it might be a, it might be a tough sell. I might have to like just go by yourself. Steal the yeah, steal the car in the dead of night, drive down there by myself. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, the thing with Bush Gardens on the ride front, it is it does skew older, but of course, it is also basically a zoo. So it, I think, it does have kind of quite broad appeal for for the for families. And I just, I just, I do, I do appreciate that it has a, a far more chill vibe. It's, it's what you want sometimes after some intense days at Disney and Universal. You know, sometimes it can work against it. There's definitely been occasions where I've turned up to Bush Gardens and there have been some rides that haven't quite been ready for opening, and you turn up and you're like, "What is going on here?" Because clearly the whole thing is being run by like students who only just got out of bed. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, once you can kind of get past that, there is something to kind of appreciate about about the slightly more chill vibe. But um, it does depend a lot on what time of year you go. Last time we were there, it was spring break, so it was absolutely chocker because because you know there are universities around there, and uh, I, I'm sure of that course, yeah. benefited to the to the bigger crowds than I'd ever seen at Bush Gardens last time we were there. But um, yeah, two exciting new rides for 2021. Uh, especially given, I mean, what you've got those two, you've got the Velocicoaster, so that's three kind of pretty massive coaster projects all due to open probably within about three or four months of of each other. That's yeah. kind of mad. So yeah, unfortunately, Disney won't have Tron or Guardians ready for next year. Uh, it sounds like it will just be Ratatouille, which is as as great as Ratatouille is, if it's exactly the same as the Paris version, uh, it's not. Which, yeah. Not it's not it's not really the same in terms of thrills. Uh, it, so it sounds coasters. like Ratatouille is ready to go as well. Yeah, I mean, there was some. Saying. I know there was some. I think uh, unrealistic uh, hope among some fans. Uh, in Florida, that maybe it would open before the years the, before the year was up, almost as like a uh, a sort of a Christmas treat, if you like, for the locals who have sort of kept the park going since they've reopened. But no, I think they're going to save it for next year when they will hope they can uh, attract more uh, overseas guests. Which are kind yeah, of the, uh, uh, my understanding is that it, if they wanted to, they could open it for Christmas, um, mm. but that. You know, it just doesn't track with. Yes, um, your sources, just doesn't track with their marketing. Uh, I think it was Jim Hill of the uh, uh, Jim Hill Media Network uh, who said who uh, who has sources of his own who said it. Um, but they're going to keep it until next year so they can do you know marketing around it that sort of thing. But uh, I guess locals might get lucky and there might be some previews over Christmas. Who knows. I mean, I can't think of a better way to spend Christmas than going and sitting in a giant plastic rat and scurrying around an oversized French kitchen. Yeah, getting chased by a Frenchman. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of Disney World, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, in another sign, I think, uh, of, of what they hope will be a better year for 2021, they are going to start phasing back in park hopping from January 1st. So since the parks reopened earlier in the year, it's obviously been really only locals that have been going. I mean, Americans have been able to travel domestically 
Uh, so you have had some people flying in from outside state to, to visit. Uh, John Self, uh, listener of the show who, who, who writes in now and then too. Uh, I know he's flown in a, uh, and is flying in again in the not too distant future before years out, certainly to return to Disney and, um, and, and Florida. So uh, that has been viable. But for people like us, Josh, for international travelers, it's kind of been completely off the cards. But, um, but yeah. I think, yeah, they'll be hoping 2021 does bring more guests, especially with all this vaccine news that's um, that's emerged over the last week or two. Very promising stuff on that front. Yeah, I, I thought that was quite funny. Obviously, you had, uh, was it Pfizer came out first and said 90% efficient? Uh, Something then, like that, yeah. And then the other one came out and was like 95%. And then Pfizer then was like, uh, actually, ours is also 95%. Uh, well, actually, I think it was Moderna, and they said ninety four point five, and then Pfizer came out and were like, "Oh, and went ninety five. We're actually oh, better right. than you. We're actually better, right?" Uh, they obviously had a meeting, like, right, what's the most we can push ours up now, where whereby it's still realistic, you know? Because if we say ninety five, is that the highest we can go? Because then Moderna, if they come out and are like ninety seven, people are going to be like, "No, nah, come on, ninety seven, like it's basically guaranteed to work." And you're having a laugh, mate. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people are concerned that obviously 90, 95% isn't that good, but then uh, this is obviously who's, going off topic. Who's concerned but, about that? Well, because I mean, I mean, if you had a condom that was 90% in, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you'd be a bit con- you'd be a bit more wary about it, right? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. Um, but the flu vaccine is only like 40%, I think. Well, yes, exactly. So, so I don't. Ninety-five. I think that was kind of incredible. It it is. It's amazing. Yeah, I think people are very pleasantly surprised by how um, effective the, those seem to be at the moment. Uh, they should give them out at the entrance to Magic Kingdom. And your magic band <laughs> well, will be able to tell if you've had the vaccine. You just you put know. the magic band on, and it just stabs you in the wrist. <laughs> so it's done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But no, uh, so th- this Park Hopper news then, so it, it, it's not going to be completely back to normal. So I, I'm just going to read from this Theme Park Insider post on this occasion uh, because it, it, there are some sort of technicalities here. So uh, here we go, Josh. Are you ready for this? Uh, I am. Annual, annual pass holders and ticket holders who purchase the Park Hopper option will still need to use the new Disney Park Pass reservation system to book a visit to the first park they intend to visit on a particular day Guests will not have to make a reservation for the other parks they plan to visit that day, but they won't be able to switch until 2 p.m., at least initially. Uh, Disney will post park hopper hours on the My Disney Experience app, so guests should check that before heading over to the second park of the day, as the start of the park hopping may change as the year goes on. Uh, Disney is also not changing park capacity at this time, so the availability of park hopping may change daily in response to attendance. Uh, the resort did away with park hopping when it reopened in July, limiting guests to one theme park per day in an effort to control attendance and ensure uh, social distancing within the parks. Um, the news coincided, by the way, with uh, uh, word that a few more restaurants across the resort are going to be reopening. So Woody's Lunchbox at Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios is going to reopen on the 25th of November. Uh, the Crystal Palace on uh, at Magic Kingdom, which is a, a significant uh, eatery there, that's going to reopen in time for Christmas too, 13th of December. And Tomorrowland Terrace, the 17th of December. Um, Tomorrowland Terrace will open with a new menu, 
and Crystal Palace will not offer character dining uh, initially when it when it reopens. So uh, so yeah, there's some positive news there too. If you're getting if you've been continuing to go to the Disney park since the summer and are bored of the food options, you've got three new ones returning uh, over the course of the next few weeks. What would be your go-to, Josh, from those three? Did you go to Woody's Lunchbox? I've never been to uh, Toy Story Land yet. I've not. No. Um, what's going on in Woody's Lunchbox? There was a bit of a queue there when I, when I went last time, so we we didn't bother. Um, we, we often don't eat proper meals anyway. Um, for lunch in the parks, we usually do you know smaller things. So, uh, no, we didn't go. There's a I feel like there's like a grilled cheese there maybe for sale. Um, I do remember going to Pizza Planet at MGM back in the day. Uh, uh, which is is that where Pizza Rizzo's is now? I believe so. Yes, I, I did like Pizza Planet, but I've not been to Pizza Rizzo's. Maybe I should uh, support so the you... Muppets however I can. Yes, uh, Alicia Stella of um, Park Stop, a uh, friend of the show, uh, l- loves Pizza Rizzo, s- swears by it. So, mm. Yes, I, I've noticed that also on, on Twitter. So yeah, I should, uh, I should get my ass to Pizza Rizzo's next time I'm, I'm in town. Uh, yes. That may be. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pulling up the menu for a Woody Lunchbox. So you've got a brisket, barbecue brisket milk. Oh, uh, smoked turkey sandwich. Oh, a grilled three cheese sandwich. Oh, uh, and a toasted cheddar sandwich. Can you guess the three cheeses on the grilled three cheese sandwich? Um, uh, uh cheddar. Yep. Uh, mozzarella. No. Oh, um, this is in the U.S. of A, Tom. So you have to. Right, yeah. Well, what was why can't they have mozzarella there as well? Because they're American. They don't have. They don't put mozzarella on a grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, you probably wouldn't put mozzarella on a grilled cheese sandwich anyway. But some I'm, people. I might. don't know much about cheese, Josh. <laughs> oh, the, the, America's well known for their rubbery cheese, uh, which they say is the best cheese, even though they're wrong. Um, so the other ones uh, are provolone. Uh, that doesn't sound like a real thing. It's not really, uh, and also American cheese. Oh, American cheese. Stop. Come on. That's that's laziness. <laughs> He's calling it American cheese. Um, anyway. Yeah, like it, it, American cheese is um, like a processed cheese, but it's made from cheddar. It's bizarre. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a, a disappointing mixture. So you've got cheddar, then you've got sort of a fake cheddar that's just even more rubbery. And then, and then provolone, which sounds like, you know, a tablet that... You know, you hear on the TV where, you know, those classic vintage American medical ads where it's like, take this tablet to uh, help you, you know, cure X, Y, Z. But by the way, here are all the side effects, including possible death. I, th- I, th- I think uh, I think I might have got that wrong. Provolone is actually an Italian cheese, but um, I, oh. I haven't really seen it outside of America. Um, right. And it's, it's usually on. Yeah, it's a. It seems to be like a sandwich cheese in America, from what I've oh, seen. Okay, fine. But American cheese is, you know, like the um, burger cheese. Yeah, that's basically American. Right. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, and I, I can't imagine like eating it. that. I'd eat that. I guess I'd eat that. In, yeah, I'd eat that in a burger, 
And other than that, I think, no, you're all right. I'm not going to seek that cheese out, to be honest, in any other context. Yeah. All right. Well, in more positive news than crap cheese, uh, we've got some sort of moderate, moderately positive reopening developments at Disney California, which has obviously been shut this whole time since closing due to coronavirus, has not reopened. But now uh, Disney California Adventure has welcomed its first guests this past week. And also a very, very limited reopening at Disneyland, uh, where you've got Buena Vista Street, which is basically their, its version of Main Street. Am, am, I, am I right in saying? That, that, that is at DCA. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I've, so oh, OK, right. So I'm misreading this slightly. So when it refers to Disneyland, it's kind of talking about the resort as a whole, not the specific park. Yes. Right. OK. Josh, maybe you should take this one before I spread any more fake news. Sure, yeah. Um, so I guess I uh, watched an Adam the Woo video um, on YouTube. Uh, he's a YouTuber. He once got banned from Disney World for trying to sneak into um, River Country. That's kind of by the by. Um, he's been allowed back to Disney World now, which is good for him. Uh, but yeah, he was there at like half six in the morning to queue up outside Disney's California Adventure um, to try and get into the park. Um, very wow. limited opening just Buena Vista Street which is kind of like the main street of DCA uh, and there you had the, the shops are open and the like eateries were open uh, yeah, so, so ba- he, was, he was queuing up for like four hours to get in that's why I mean I mean, fair play I mean I think I said to you when you sent this to me it must be quite emotional is if you're a local you know and, you, and Disneyland's a massive part of your life and you go there really regularly and all of a sudden not being able to go and then being able to return after eight months i think regardless of what state it's in and how much you're actually allowed to do it's probably quite an emotional experience i guess but uh but equally i you know as much as i love theme parks and love disney i'm not sure i would queue four hours just to go into main street and only be able to eat you know it's a different story perhaps josh if they hadn't got rid of the bakery you know and replaced it with starbucks then maybe <laughs> i would queue for uh, four yeah. hours for a, a disney cookie um, would I queue four hours for a Disney cookie at Disneyland Paris where they haven't sold out to Starbucks? Yeah, maybe I would. Those were some good cookies. Oh, gotcha but, uh, but would I queue four hours for a Starbucks cookie? I don't think so. I don't no. think what, so. What about um, Islands of Adventure? Would I queue? Uh, yes, yes, I absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, if you, I mean, I don't know what how I'm going to spend the rest of my day. Probably wasting, wasting it, you know playing games or twiddling my thumbs, editing this podcast, etc. Uh, if you said to me, hey, uh, you can you can stand in a, in a queue for the next uh, however many hours are left in the day, 10 and a bit, uh, and after waiting, you would be handed an Islands of Adventure cookie, uh, would you do it? I'd be like, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I would instantly become the highlight of my week and probably the year. What about uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Tom? Is that not your highlight of the week? Oh, nein, das was uh, schrecklich, yeah. Uh, unlike the Islands of Adventure cookie, which is sehr um, wunderbar. Anyway, uh, you were saying about this whole reopening thing. Very limited. Yeah, very limited. Um, and... The best way to get in, it seems, is not to try and park because they're charging parking fees again. 
Um, they're not allowing you to uh, park up until like half an hour before the park opens. So if you can get there by foot and queue up that way, is that's the better option. Um, but yeah, the uh, so Adam was one of the first people allowed into the park um, because he got there so early, and the uh, all the like a lot of the staff were out lying in the street celebrating, you know, high uh, not high fiving, but you know, virtual high fiving people, air high fiving people, um, and you know, just saying hello and that sort of thing. It seemed, it seemed kind of cool. It seemed like everyone was really happy to for it to be back. Uh, it seemed like first day was pretty much just absolutely full of vloggers of mm. uh, various descriptions but yeah you could go the queue up to go through the shop uh, or queue up to get some food um sit by a waterfall which looked quite nice yeah um yeah i, I mean i i went back when dca was still considered a bit of a mess I mean, I guess it's still a little bit considered a bit of a mess, but it's it's growing into it. Um, I enjoyed it at the time. Um, obviously, they got the Avengers stuff going in there, uh, which a lot of that is seems to be progressing quite well um, from what I saw. Because this kind of been, you know, people have been able to see uh, parts of the park now that uh, weren't there when it shut down, like the Avengers campus. Um, so that's, it's, it's all quite interesting to see. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, it will be... Good luck. Uh, yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see how long... Without wanting to get all down again here, but it'll be interesting to see how long this even is able to last in this state because, I mean, the the COVID numbers in America right now, I mean, they vary state by state, but they're up everywhere, really. I mean, it's quite a scary situation and, uh, you know, the president is, is basically retreated into his bunker. There seems to be no action really being taken. It's all down to the states individually to work out what they want to do and um, I would not be surprised to see even this very limited form of opening um, being scaled back uh, in the not too distant future uh, there are still plenty of restrictions around there's like a there's like a nighttime curfew still in place and that kind of thing which doesn't affect Disney uh, because of the opening hours but the, the overall advice guidance vibe is still basically hey uh, you know be careful don't unnecessarily travel don't go out unless you absolutely have to and yeah i don't love disney but i don't think disney journeys. ever don't make unnecessary journeys and i don't think disney ever qualifies as a necessary journey frankly and yet obviously people are still turning up in their hundreds maybe even thousands to re-experience mm. um even this small part of of the disneyland experience so yeah i would yeah. not be surprised if it was scaled back once again in the coming weeks just so, uh, don't take risks yeah. on dangerous roads. Exactly. Don't take the mickey, hey? Hey? And, um, yeah, stay safe out there if you decide to head back. I, I'm i not going to judge anyone who does. I get it. It's, it must have been, you know, it must have been, it's been a really rough year. I think anything that brings a smile to your face in, in some way, uh, you could argue, is worth doing at this point. But obviously, um, Think long and hard to take all necessary precautions, I would say, if, if you're going to head out at this point in time. I mean, it just goes to show, to be fair, I mean, as as frustrating as many parts of our government's response to this whole thing has been, and, and you know, I think you can say much of it has been objectively bad, um, the situation in America where it's just spiralling at the worst possible time of year is deeply concerning for people that live there. So um, I wish them all the best. Hopefully they... I are able to get yeah, out on the sure. other side. 
and and things don't get too too horrendous um moving on from that you mentioned avengers campus there josh we've got our first look at the ride vehicles <gasps> also this week for the uh upcoming spider-man ride uh they look interesting they look really large to me um uh yeah they're kind of like um uh what's the ride uh midway mania i guess yeah they look a bit bigger than that but maybe it's just a, uh, a, a i think i think the base is midway mania but then it's got this sort of outer uh, it seems like you sit yeah. in it like rather than from, from the it, front it almost sense. looks like a tower it almost looks like a tower of terror uh uh ride vehicle in, in some ways it looks quite high and you know high walls um i think just just the one row but from what i can tell anyway i don't think it's two rows it's yeah, difficult but to so, see yeah so with midway mania you uh have you only have like a half you have like a wall around the bottom around your legs Whereas this is yeah. a wall that goes all the way up and over your head, like your inner capsule, which yeah. is why it is bigger than Midway Mania, but uh, in terms of height, but not in terms of like f- footing. Yeah, uh, but good to get a first look at it. I, I you know, it, it it's it's relatively unique. It, it's not quite as you know. I was probably expecting something that did look very Midway Mania or you know Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin or something like that. It, it's somewhat unique. Uh, and the colour scheme is, well, it, to be honest, it looks kind of like Magneto's helmet. So maybe that's the <laughs> twist. Maybe you're working oh. for Magneto. He's infiltrated Purple. Spider-Man's operation. Oh, uh, oh that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and in other Marvel news, we've got our first look at, well, we've got a video of the uh, coaster cars for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind in action. These omni-coaster cars and how they're going to be able to spin as they travel at high speed uh i love this stuff i you know if there's ever that second series of the imagineering story or or just you know maybe maybe just an episode of the uh, one day at disney shorts dedicated to the omni coaster tech i would be well up for watching that because it looks um like an incredible feat of of engineering yeah uh, i think it's it's important to point out that this is uh a controlled spin it's not like um spinball wizard maybe at, at all towers no. this is a controlled spin so that the car is always pointing towards the uh, set piece that you're supposed to be looking at. Yeah, um, which I think is, is is more impressive in a way. You know, obviously, it will yeah. probably mean there's less randomness to it, and uh, well, there will be controlled. no randomness to it. Well, yes, it, it will... but yeah, but it will, um, f- and it will feel more controlled. Um, yeah, it'd be a lot smoother as well. Yeah. Uh, but in some ways, I guess that's a more impressive feat of engineering that they're able to offer that level of control to the spinning rather than it just be sort of, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it just spins because that's what it does. Yeah, this uh, is all about uh, motors and servos and that sort of stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, computers controlling uh, angles. Yes. It's like, you know, there's, there's that could be some actual, like, artistic direction to the way the 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 train itself moves which i think is not yes. something you want, you really think about a lot when it comes to roller coasters you don't necessarily no. think of the kind of artistic direction about you know what the people behind the ride like want you to be seeing at any given point uh, so that that's quite interesting and yeah i can't wait to see um you know more of that you know the form the storytelling is going to take 
how that's going to take shape in terms of the you know the, the animatronics or the you know the screen tech whatever it, they end up using primarily i i cannot wait to see it for sure because i think the screen tech and the animatronic tech in the uh just in the re-theme of the uh, uh tower of terror uh the mission breakout is really impressive you know that little rocket model is great um, oh, yeah, so imagining sure. what they can do uh with a ride from scratch uh at scale uh you know several years on from that and we've seen how much technology progresses and how quickly it progresses uh, it's exciting stuff uh, yeah 100 uh, i'm looking forward to it the coaster track looks kind of mad as well from you know the internal view of this coaster track is kind of mad yeah yeah i mean it looks quite tightly packed but also that building is enormous as everyone knows so yeah uh so i saw some i, I it seemed like a bit you know uh back of the fag packet sort of uh maps but it looks like this is a, what you see in this shot is only about a third of the full uh show building space right um so there's still quite a lot of ride uh behind us and to the right hmm. of us in this shot um yes for sure uh and and we should note as well i mean this look at guardians came from a sort of uh an update that josh tomorrow gave um he's the new uh you know uh head of, of disney parks essentially disney parks now comes under his brief what is he chairman of disney parks products uh, and chairman of disney parks else. experience and products right uh, which was bob chapek's old gig of course yes yeah and uh yes he was kind of giving a broad update on a lot of the projects going on at disney so so this um mickey minnie's runaway railway at california uh the star wars um hotel which is coming to florida and we've got a look at a sort of mock-up of what a cabin guest room is going to look like in there um man it looks i wish i was looks, a kid again they look so cool they do look cool yeah uh oh man being a kid again that would be great. Maybe not this year, to be fair. It seems like it would been a, it's been a pretty crap year to be a kid, actually. But uh, Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I agree. Uh, uh, the Splash Mountain re-themed Princess and the Frog. Remember that? <laughs> Feels like ages ago that oh, that was yeah, announced. Wow. Uh, that's happening still. Uh, it has been noted, however, that there was no update given on the Tron coaster, which we mentioned earlier, uh, at Magic Kingdom. And there are rumours that that's going to get scrapped which would be a real shame. How? How, uh, how do you scrap that at this point? Well, I don't know, but it would be a shame because it seems relatively far along. I mean, it was meant to be opening, I think, next year. I don't expect that to happen anymore, but it didn't seem like it would require, you know, an, an enormous delay. But also, I'll just be bitter because the last few times I've been, I've not been able to do the Disneyland Railroad because of Tron. And then if after all this, Tron doesn't happen and we've had... The, the railroad out of action for a few years for no good reason that'll be that'll be annoying because I, I I'm sure the I track's like... finished maybe I don't know um, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes I guess I, I don't doubt that it's an expensive coaster but you'd imagine plenty of the money's already been spent especially as if the track's done yeah there's like the only thing that I can think is the building like the the, mm. the um, canopy sort of thing going on it's the only thing that's not built. Yeah. Like, it's, it would seem mad to stop now. It would. It would. 
So hopefully they don't. And that rumor is unfounded. But yeah, it wasn't mentioned in this little video update that he gave. So maybe people, you know, people are taking that and running with it. Maybe they're looking too much into it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going through an article here uh, with a lot of Bayeru uh, reconstruct tweets, and yeah, the, this track is is built. Mm. Yeah, so, so to 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 tear it down would seem odd. Yeah. So yeah, ho hopefully, hopefully that that is not the case, and it does it does open as planned. But we will just have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, yeah, for sure. Maybe all the Imagineers have just started a save on Zoo's Haikun for Xbox One and are hopelessly addicted, and then that's why it's fallen behind schedule. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, there's an Animal Kingdom show on Disney Plus, isn't there? There um, is, yeah. I've not watched any of it yet. I don't suppose you no, have. No, I haven't either. Uh, Josh Gad, he's doing the um, narration. Oh, okay. It seems, yeah, I, I, I'm not an enormous Josh Gad fan, to be honest. But um... No, I, 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 I blow hot and cold on him. Uh, I thought he was good fun in the uh, lockdown get-togethers. At the beginning of lockdown, um, you know. When oh yeah, the Lord of the Rings one was really good fun. Lord of the Rings and Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for my Lord of the Rings 4K Blu-rays to come. That's getting me through the rest of this year. That is. Oh. Oh. That's gonna be. That's gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a good I need, day. I need my new Xbox to come so I can move my current Xbox downstairs so I can watch it on the proper 4K HDR TV. Um, right. Yeah. First of all, problems right there. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, that's going to do it, Josh, for this week's episode of the Park Rush podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening. If you are a fan of the show but haven't subscribed, you can do so on your preferred podcasting app of choice or find us at parkrush.com. You can find the accompanying show notes too at joshualawrence.info. Follow us on Twitter and Twitch. We are at Park Rush Podcast on Twitter and just Park Rush on Twitch. You can find us on YouTube as well if you miss our live streams we get them up archived there and uh you can email us as well podcast at parkrush.com uh, we'll be back next week stay safe out there everybody take it easy goodbye goodbye